You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Team wins three Super Bowls in five years. It should be a hell of a celebration. It should be joyous. It should be everything that we all imagine and dream for it to be. And that's what it was for most of today for the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. And then it turned unbelievably tragic when a gunman or gunmen, plural, opened fire on a crowd at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. There are three people in custody in the latest reports. Amber and Ian here with you, keeping you updated on the latest. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive. The reports right now are that there are 22 total who were wounded. One of those people has been pronounced dead. There are eight others the latest report in life-threatening condition. We've seen reports that at least nine children have been shot and are being treated at the Children's Hospital there in Kansas City. There are victims at numerous hospitals. Whenever an event happens like this, Ian, they spread them out to a bunch of different hospitals in the area. So that's one of the reasons that it takes so long to get the numbers and why the numbers climb. In addition to the ambulances are taking victims to different hospitals so that no one emergency room gets overwhelmed so that they can treat the victim. But then also there's people who hop in their own cars, who bring their friends into cars to try to drive them to the hospital as well. I saw one couple on the news saying that they had to take their friend's child to the hospital because she got trampled in the hysteria at the parade and that they believed that she had broken her leg. So there's an element of that as well. So these numbers could still climb. Obviously, we're, we're doing our best. We're trying to keep up with all of the latest information, but just another horrific day here in this country, Ian, for this to end in that way. It's gotten to the point where I just get angry now. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm done being shocked uh, because that, that, that's part of the, of the problem. This is happening way too often. You worry when your kids go to school. It's in the back of your mind. Every day when Every my day. two girls go to school, I think about it. And there, there was actually, you Me know, there, there, there were a couple rounds that were fired off at my, my kids' high school about six months ago or eight months ago. Uh, after pra- they're, they're practicing. Uh, it was the time where my oldest was playing soccer. My youngest was running track. And over on the, on the baseball fields, which are probably 50 yards away, gunfire. I mean, you're going, what in the hell? I mean, but so you kids can't go to school without in the back of your mind. You can't go to a concert anymore without it being in the back of your mind. And you can't go to church without being in the back of your mind. And now you can't go to celebrate with your fellow fans, which should be a glorious celebration. And and now this, it's like any any mass gathering, you have to worry about your children, your loved ones, your friends, you know, your fellow fans. I mean, what the hell are we doing? What the hell is going on? What makes somebody just open fire in a random crowd? I will never comprehend that. Nine kids! Kids! Well, and it's not only what makes them. I mean, 
you know, we are the we are the only country in the entire developed world that has this problem. And we are not the only country that has sick people. We're not the only country who has people who deal with mental illness, depression. We're not the only country with gang violence. We're not the only country with those problems. We are the only country with this problem. Oh. I'll leave it to you to figure out what the common denominator there is. Quentin Lucas, the Kansas City mayor, he has been all over the news, keeping us all updated on the latest. Here is the mayor of Kansas City. What you saw happen was why people talk about guns a lot. We had over 800 officers there, staffed, situated all around Union Station today, and there still is a risk to people. And I think that's something that all of us who are parents, who are just regular people, have to decide what we wish to do about it. Parades, rallies, schools, movies, it seems like almost nothing is safe. And we had hundreds of law enforcement they're working hard today but in a matter of seconds someone who wants to disrupt anything someone who wants to create any type of situation or someone who is very simply reckless can change not just one life or two lives but almost two dozen and that's exactly what happened at that parade so on a day where that mayor in kansas city i would imagine thought that he'd be giving statements on the joy of having another Super Bowl there for Kansas City and what that means to the community at large. Instead, of course, he's doing this and having to give updates on victims of a mass shooting, uh, innocent people that were just there to cheer on their team and just have a heck of a good time celebrating something that should have been fun. The schools were closed today all across Kansas City. Businesses shut down a million people out to cheer on their team and show them the appreciation that they had for that team bringing another Super Bowl to the city. And here we are. I was watching our ABC affiliate, KMBC in Kansas City earlier, Amber, and they had a mom and her daughter, and the the person doing the interview with them said, you know, ask the mom, you know, how close were you? She said, I, did, I, did, I heard the gunfire. We were very close, but I did not see anything. And then the daughter, who looked to be about maybe 10 or 11, goes, I saw someone fall. Mm-hmm. How do you get that out of your head? I mean, how long does that take? I mean, it, it, and now there's a report that just came out literally just now of the nine children that have gunshot wounds that are being treated at Children's Mercy Hospital. They are between the ages of six and 15. Six and 15. Come on, man. Not the only children, obviously, gunned down in this country. That is a daily occurrence here, but not even in terms of these mass shootings that have happened here at elementary schools, multiple elementary schools. I mean, we've seen this. uh, The tragedy is is just unfathomable. My four-year-old son does active shooter drills at his school. It is crazy to me. Um, Anyways, so. Uh, Gather yourself. Gather yourself. Marcus Spears on, on ESPN's NFL Live earlier today. Marcus Spears was, I mean, just unbelievable when it comes to the game of life and what the hell is going on with gun violence. Here is the big swagoo and the former Cowboy and Baltimore Raven. I would just have everybody pause for a second and just think on empathy. Think on what these families are actually going through and get out of your own selfish reason for whatever side you lie on about what we need to do about gun laws and gun control in this country. 
put that to the side for a second and be empathetic for these families that are going to bury their family members and ask them how they feel. Try to put yourselves in their position. See, sympathy is when you feel bad for somebody. Empathy is when you try to put yourself in that position so you can actually experience what that person is experiencing. So that's what I would challenge people to do. That's using all of the old cliches that come along with situations like this. Just to have an empathetic mindset for five minutes about these people that's going to have to bury their children and see if your mind changes a little bit about how they going to take your guns and how we don't need gun rights and we got all of these rights in the country. Five minutes to have a little empathy for the people that's going to have to bury their family members. He was great today. Marcus Spears was great today on NFL Live, if you missed him. We've also gotten statements from most all the teams, if not all the teams. I don't have them all in front of me from across the National Football League, Ian. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers statement I thought was typical was was very good. Uh, rivals on game day, it reads off the field. We're in this together. The AFC West, the National Football League, the United States of America. Today, a senseless act of, gu- of violence has forever altered the lives of so many. And for what? While words can ring hollow in moments such as these, they can also bring comfort. Today, we stand with Chiefs Kingdom and our hearts go out to the victims, their friends, family, and every member of the greatest greater Kansas City community affected by this tragedy. So we are getting those sorts of statements from all the teams across the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes had immediately tweeted out prayers for Kansas City with prayer emojis when he heard the news, when the news first started breaking. We've had tons of players across the NFL, including a lot of the members of the Kansas City Chiefs as well, tweeting out about it. It's not too much to ask. As a parent, as my oldest daughter is going to visit colleges tomorrow, to not have to worry about what might happen on a college campus, to not have to worry about going to the Texas Rangers World Series parade, to not have to worry about going to church, or to not have to worry about going to a concert. Is that too much to worry, to not have to be staying up at night, waiting to make sure that your kids come home alive. Is that too damn much? But I can't tell you how many comments I've seen just today. Under all, you know, Mina Kimes tweets out, there's a million comments under her tweet, these sorts of things, and it's a whole bunch of comments. There's nothing we can do. You know, the, the criminals are going to get guns. There's nothing that can be done. A lot of people just feel like there's there's nothing, and... And that's sad when if you're at a place like you they got it figured out in Germany and England well, and France everywhere and, else. I Quite mean, literally everywhere else in the Western world, every single other developed country in the entire world. And I, I don't, I can't stress that enough. Everywhere else has it figured out. <laughs> Quite literally everywhere. But people, for some reason, think that nothing can be done here. I, it's you know, it's. And it's like people who, you know, complain about wanting to lose weight or or being tired all the time or wanting to get healthy, but they don't actually want to put in the work to do it. It's not that things can't be done. It's that you don't want them to be done. The things that can be done, we don't want to be done. That's the reality of the situation. So another really, really tragic day. I think we're all, of course, frustrated to be in this situation and incredibly frustrated that a day of celebration on Valentine's Day, a day of celebrating a damn Super Bowl, which should just be the ultimate thing, the most watched Super Bowl in NFL history, the most watched television program, that thing that brought us all together by the hundreds of millions across the entire world, celebrating that thing should be allowed to happen with just joy and with no tragedy. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, don't worry, 
We're going to talk about sports as well. There is plenty more on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We are keeping you updated on the tragedy of Kansas City. We are as well talking about the bigger stories across the world of sports, as always here on Amber and Ian. But the latest right now, if you're tuning in and you want information on the tragedy that was the ending of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade, shots rang out, 22 people in total have been wounded, is the latest report. One person has lost his or her life. Eight others are in life-threatening condition Nine children were shot and are being treated at the Children's Hospital. You can always check out ESPN.com. There's a lot of information there. They are constantly updating ABC News, of course, also an excellent resource there for what happened in Kansas City tragically today. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. But let's get into some sports here, Ian. Lighten the mood a little bit if we can. Let's talk about quarterbacks because there are several quarterbacks now that we are in the offseason of the NFL where teams have big decisions to make here. And these four names I'm about to throw out at you are interesting. Let's start with Baker Mayfield, because Baker, I feel like, found himself a little bit of a home there in Tampa. He certainly proved, I think, this season and in the postseason that he was a viable quarterback, that he at least deserved to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. You know, people forget when John Dorsey, then GM of – the Cleveland Browns drafted Baker Mayfield number one overall. He did something that hadn't been done in Cleveland in a hell of a long time. Not only won a playoff game, but won a road playoff game. He was good when he was healthy in Cleveland. And then he got not just hurt, but injured, but he pl- tried to play through it. And that's when everyone looked at Baker going, oh, he stinks, He's, he sucks, he's awful, get rid of him. Well, then he goes to Carolina, flames out, goes to L.A., and you brought this up early in the year, and Sean McVay – told him, man, just go have fun. You look so tight. Just go be you. And he did. And he continued that in Tampa. And he's healthy. And then he leads him to the playoffs. And damn near a playoff win. I thought he played extraordinarily well. He's not going to get Tier 1 money, but he's going to get Tier 2 money. And you're going to bank on Baker, which, one, you sign Baker Mayfield first. And then you go to Mike Evans, who's also up this year, and go, hey, we kept your quarterback. You good, Pumpkin? Now let's pay you. You think they call Mike Evans Pumpkin? Probably not. But He's been there for a while. That, so at step one, <laughs> you're going to bank on Baker. Step two, you're going to get Mike Evans done because you're keeping Baker. I'm paying the man. It did help get them a ring. I don't know if you call him Pumpkin or not, <laughs> uh, but I like, I like the idea. 
that you call Mike Evans pumpkin. <laughs> yes, you have to keep Mike Evans if you can as well. He showed that he still got it this season in a big, big way. Yep. And if you can keep those two together, that would be huge. I know that there are 22 players on the Bucks roster who could become free agents uh, in on March 13th when the new league year a lot, begins. Shaq Barrett. 18 of them could be unrestricted free agents. So there is a lot of moves here and a lot of decisions that Tampa is going to have to make. Baker ended up as a top 10 quarterback in total QBR this season. I think you keep him if you're Tampa. I think you found something there. Like you said, I'm not offering him monster money. He's not becoming a top, you know, three paid quarterback in the league. Fine. But if I'm Baker, I also feel pretty good about what happened to me in Tampa this season. You found a home. You obviously have had a bit of a resurgence. People were counting you out in maybe a pretty unfair way, but capitalize on it when things are looking up for you. So don't necessarily shop it around and try to go for the top. Like try to make a home. Stay where yeah. you are. Make a home. Be stay where you're valued because I do think Tampa is actually valuing you right now, and and obviously that's been a problem in a couple of your stops along the way. So. I expect to see Baker Mayfield back in Tampa next season. Tua Tungavaloa is a quarterback who statistically was better than Baker Mayfield this season. Statistically, there should be no problem with Tua. It was a quarterback who was in the MVP conversation for a large part of the season, Ian. The problem becomes paying Tua because they didn't bother to pay him. They didn't give him the extension when everybody else got it out of that draft class. The other big names, Jalen got it. Joe Burrow got it. Justin Herbert got it. They all got the extensions last offseason when they were eligible for it. The Dolphins didn't do that. The Dolphins just picked up Tua's fifth-year option instead because they were concerned about Tua's health and durability. Well, Tua played the entire damn season this season for the Dolphins. That story goes kind of under the radar. What ends up happening, though, plays the season, has a good season, and then they get bounced in the wild card round of the playoffs and it ends up a very disappointing ending once again. And so there are Dolphins fans out there, Ian, who don't want the Dolphins to pay to a, it seems kind of ludicrous to me. You're a football fool if you don't want to want to pay him, you know, and, and I, the Dolphins made the right decision to say, hey, you got to prove it to me, prove you can stay healthy. He did completed nearly 70% of his passes and led the league in passing yards, 29 touchdowns, 14 INTs. This is simple. And we'll move on to Kirk Cousins. You pay to a, you pay, you pay too. Okay, that one's simple for you. Yes. I mean, the, the only thing I'll say is, again, like obviously we're having a conversation about how much. Now, you're going to have to pay Tua more than you would have to pay Baker in oh, this scenario. Oh, hell yeah. He's getting so, tier one Tua's, money. Right. Tier two is one of those tier one quarterbacks. That becomes the you know, problem. It's hard to find a guy that completes nearly 70% of his passes That's for over 4,600 exactly. yards. You pay that dude. Going? Where yeah. the hell else are you going? Unless you wanted to trade for Justin Fields. No, I, I, I kid. I kid. All right. Kirk Cousins. We're talking about Pittsburgh now? <laughs> I had a more likely landing spot for Justin Fields. I'm just thinking Justin Fields and that Mike McDaniel system. Never, never mind. Because uh, the big knock on Tua is the, the – he's not mobile, is the lack of mobility. And obviously in a Mike McDaniel-style offense, which is a branch of Kyle Shanahan, you'd rather have a more mobile quarterback. Nevertheless, let's move on. You and I both agree. They end up having to pay Tua. Kirk. This one's it seemed like he was going to be done – yeah. In Minnesota. Now it kind of feels like he's going to be the answer there, which is surprising coming off that, that injury and considering his age. Yeah, and but he, he, look, he can still keep you in the hunt. I mean, remember, just last year they were a playoff team. And I know they lost to the New York Giants in, in the first round. But 
I mean, they he played out extraordinary football. Thirteen win team when he was healthy, and they were starting to put it together again this year when he got hurt. He's going to find a spot, but he's not going to get tier one money. He'll be on his team. Maybe it's Atlanta or wherever. Who the hell knows, right? But somebody's going to sign Kirk Cousins to tier two type cash because he can still play. So you don't think he's headed back to Minnesota, though? Might. Only th- could be. The only I'm- thing with Kirk, the only reason I could see it happening, and Kirk, we found, is a brilliant businessman throughout Ooh. his career, right? So he's sitting pretty. He doesn't really need top dollar. The only reason I could see it happening is if he gives Minnesota a little bit of a break there because he really likes being in Minnesota. And I, I thought that was really obvious, even just watching that quarterback show on Netflix, Ian. Like, that awesome. seems like a dude who really likes where he is in his life. And so maybe, maybe you work something out to keep yourself in the same spot if you can. I mean, he has made a truckload of cash by being tagged not once but twice and then got the bag. I mean, to your point, brilliant businessman. So Mm -hmm. if he wants to stay in many, I'm sure they'll welcome him back. If not, somebody will go pay him. Not a boatload, but like Baker Mayfield, that tier two type cash. He's 35 years old, so you have to consider that. But 35, I mean, he showed before the injury. injury. that he, Yeah, but he still had a lot left in the tank right before that. Remember, he was having an amazing season and then, uh, you know, short season, but amazing season and then that. Uh, But now you're 35 coming back from a catastrophic injury. So there's that component as well, although he had the moves at the NFL honors. He had the dance moves, so he was looking just fine. Dak Prescott, here's a quarterback that we're talking tier one type of money. But also, Ian, we're talking about a monster cap hit if they don't pay him and then just keep him this next year. Dak Prescott has all sorts of clauses in his contract. I think he's got a no trade. I think he's got a no tag. He's got everything. He man is in power and control. That dude has everything plus a cap hit that's real ugly for the Cowboys. In eight years, he's made over $160 million. Woo! So I'm not going to tell Dak, and you never get into another man's bag of money, never talk about contracts if you're on his team or his teammate, but I'm not. If I'm Dak, I'm going to shut a lot of people up, and I'm going, you know what? I know I don't have Giselle money behind me, but Tom Brady did this in New England to help out the ball club. I'll take a little bit less so we can keep Micah, pay CD, and then go money whip the hell out of Chris Jones. Right, I mean, because they need defensive front help and they need a big boy dog warrior Mike linebacker. So if I'm Dak, I'm not asking for the moon. I've made over 160 million already. Let's go win some damn titles. Or you know there what? Let's just that- survive and, and advance in the playoffs. Don't forget, there was some of that weirdness season, even from the Micah Parsons camp. There's that weirdness, the stuff on social media. Good point. When the Cowboys season ended about CD's Dak mom. and it, yeah, and CD's mom. And there was that weirdness as well. Um, I agree with you. I think the Cowboys, they have to hand him an extension because they've got to figure out how to get him under the cap to fit everybody else in. Coming up next, we're going to check in with the college basketball world. That is next here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are keeping you updated here on ESPN Radio on the tragedy that occurred during the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. One person has lost his or her life. The reports are right now 22 total were wounded. Nine children were shot uh, and are being treated at a Kansas City Children's Hospital. So awful, awful news. I mean, there's nothing else to say. We're all super angry about it. We're all super sick. We're all super tired of it, uh, frankly. And a day that should have been joyous and was joyous when a million people turned out to support their team ended in just horrific tragedy. You can always go to ESPN.com for more information. We are keeping you also up to date, of course, on all things sports here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. The NBA Rising Stars is on ESPN Radio. That'll be Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, All-Star Saturday night comes your way Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and the 2023 NBA All-Star Game will come your way right here on ESPN Radio Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, for coverage to begin. So an exciting weekend in the NBA here for NBA All-Star Weekend. Exciting news out of the NBA today as well, although the news was something that didn't actually happen, but it was exciting just the thought of it actually happening, Ian, where we got the news that LeBron and Steph could have actually joined up in Golden State. This was apparently a thing that actually led to discussions, and that in and of itself is juicy. Jeannie Buss, she talked to the Warriors. The Warriors were in talks with LeBron, his agent, Rich Paul. Everybody was involved in this thing. It obviously does not end up happening. LeBron makes the decision not to go to Golden State, but an interesting news day nonetheless to even have the thought that it could have happened, Ian. Uh, this one, uh, uh, this is one of those you went, what? Huh? And then when Brian Windhorst told us earlier when he joined us about, if you are just tuning in about an hour ago, that this wasn't like just some phone call and the Lakers went, hey, yeah, you're kidding me? And hung up. This actually was a conversation for about a day. Uh, so it wasn't like just some gratuitous, uh, you know, hey, LeBron want to come play with Steph? I know he said it a couple years ago on the shop. Um, is, uh, is that a possibility? And next thing you know, it, it, it wasn't just click. So that fascinated me. And then the second part is, who are going to be teammates on the Olympic team, more than likely? LeBron and Steph. Steve Kerr, head coach. Spent a lot of time together. And as you brought up, Wendy brought up, I brought up, I mean, that's where super teams are pretty much normally born is – on Olympic teams because it's not tampering. So you can be sitting there with a fine steak dinner. I mean, your choice of a big old tomahawk ribeye or, a, you know, a beautiful, you know, medium rare center cut filet mignon, you know, with your twice baked tater. Like I feel like NBA players, I mean, these guys that are like six, seven and above, they're going tomahawk. I think you're right. I think you nailed it the first one. You're going time. with the first one. I'm a, I, I, I'm, I'm a, 
I'm a wimp. I'm I'm a center cut fillet guy. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, <laughs> well, you know, so am I. I can't stand all the grizzle. I know I'm in the minority. Barrett Jones, you know, three time All American from Alabama when he was our color analyst here on ESPN Radio. He used to laugh at me when we go to a steakhouse on the road, and I will never forget. Now we're going down a different road. We'll get back to LeBron in a moment. We're at Knight Steakhouse in Ann Arbor, getting ready to call a Michigan game, and he just unloads on me because I ordered not just a fillet. But a petite filet mignon. No, you did not. He he looked at me and goes, get out. Just get away from my table. Get out. You, you Just leave your man card right there. He definitely wanted to take his your man card. He's basically announcing to the entire restaurant, this dude is an idiot, and he should be ejected (laughs) from this remarkable steakhouse. Get him the hell out of here. Delicate flower. Yeah, but anyway. With your steak choices. Yeah, but bottom line is it's not tampering if Steph and LeBron, you know, in the Olympics are talking about joining up. And joining us right now is a man who has an opinion on this and college basketball, and that is the great Seth Greenberg, who returns you to Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. First of all, Coach, always enjoy the time. Thank you so much. Before we get into hoop, should I have been ejected by Barrett Jones, three-time All-American offensive lineman from Alabama and a three-time national champ for ordering a petite filet at a fine steakhouse in Ann Arbor, Michigan? Well, if you weren't hungry, you can get a petite filet. But, I mean, if you had any sense of an appetite, I mean, I would have gone with, like, a ribeye. And that's just me. <laughs> there we go. I mean, but, I mean, if you're not hungry, would you get a big salad and a soup? What, I mean, what, what do we do here? <laughs> A little, a little French onion soup and, and, and a wedge with a little bit of extra bacon and, uh, and dressing. I mean, if you went there, I could say, you know what, you're trying to watch it a little bit. But right. uh, you know, to me, I would go with the ribeye. Okay, yeah. So you're with Barrett. You, you would have been embarrassed man, and said, leave the man's table. Man's man, Got this it. Seth Greenberg. Right. Seth Greenberg <laughs> joining us here. I, know, so- I, I wouldn't have been embarrassed. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, like, I don't critique what other people eat. I'm more concerned about what I'm eating. There we go. That's why I love you, Coach. That's nice of you. I'm judging. I would be judging Ian uh, if I saw him order petite. (laughs) It's the petite part that kills me there. Seth Greenberg joining us. So, Seth, you heard Ian mention the LeBron-Steph Curry story. We got this news today that there could have been a teaming up of those two in Golden State. Obviously, it doesn't come to fruition, but what is your reaction to the news of what could have been? I mean, it would have been interesting, but look, I mean, this time of the year, anything that has to do with LeBron becomes a story. And, you know, look, was it real? Yeah, there was probably a conversation. And then all parties looked and said, what are we doing here? This isn't gonna, this isn't happening. And the Lakers aren't going to give up that chip. And, you know, quite honestly, Golden State doesn't have enough to give the Lakers to even create a conversation. What are they going to get? Clay and Kaminga and who else? So, uh, yeah, great question. You know, the interesting thing is that if they made that trade, you know what the next thing would have been? Bronny to the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> oh, baby. Hey, just from a basketball perspective, uh, with, with your, your coaching IQ, how would that have worked? Oh, it, I mean, it would have worked. It would have been terrific, to be honest with you, depending on how much Golden State had to give. Because, you know, you've got a guy that's going to compliment him, and LeBron plays all five positions. You put him in a ball screen with – Steph Curry, it would almost be impossible to, to defend. you got Draymond basically as a facilitator and a guy that's going to do all the dirty work and defend on the perimeter. No, I think it would be. I think it would have worked well. But, you know, again, everything that – anything that LeBron's involved with is so blown out of proportion these days. It's just yeah. – you know, we get to the point every, – every day can't be a LeBron day. I mean, like, you know, LeBron, he, he leaves these little cryptic messages – you know, he talks about things. You know, he'll pout a little bit. He's the he's the best 
the best or the second best that ever played. But, you know, after a while, like every single day, the Lakers are playing well. So, you know what? That's a story. The Lakers are playing poorly. That's a story. You know, uh, you know, every single day, the roster's not good enough. They need another player. Wait, what about Anthony Davis? I mean, so, I mean, you know, to me, no way LeBron, in my opinion, is going to leave Anthony Davis because I think that when you look at their, you know, obviously the aging situation and you look at handing over the torch and as long as Anthony Davis is healthy, I think he's going to be a Laker. I, I, I couldn't, I could not agree more. Seth Greenberg here with us on ESPN radio and Amber and Ian with Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons. Uh, let's get to college hoop, man. Uh, who's the best team? I don't think there's a dominant, a true dominant team this year in college basketball. Who's the best team that you have seen so far? Well, I think there's two dominant teams right now. UConn oh, do you really? They've been, yeah, they've been the most dominant teams. UConn, think about what UConn's done. I call them whack-a-mole. You say, what do you mean whack-a-mole? Because UConn's done what they've done. They're one or two in the country. Uh, Donovan Klingon early in the season was out, and then he was out again in the middle of the season. So, you know, Samson Johnson steps up. Stephen Castle was out. All of a sudden, Alex Caravan plays at a high level. Uh, you've got Tristan Newton. He struggles a game or two. Hassan Diara steps up and plays well. They've dominated college basketball uh, basically since the NCAA tournament a year ago. And then you've got Purdue, the immovable object, and Zach Eady. And everyone talks about their backcourt. Is their backcourt good enough? They got a transfer from Southern Illinois, Lance Jones. He's about 6'4". He can guard point guard to small forward, can make big-time shots. Braden Smith, their point guard right now, is a sophomore, was a freshman a year ago. All right, He is the most underappreciated guard in the country. He's a first- or second-team All-American. He is absolutely terrific. Shoots 50, like 45 from the three, five rebounds a game, gets you in the offense, terrific in ball screens, really good in any type of two-man game with Zach Eady. And then Zach Eady, I mean, he is the most difficult player in college basketball to game plan for. So I think those two teams have separated themselves. Here's the problem we have in our game right now is that after them, between three and probably 55 to 75 on any given night, you don't know who's winning. Yeah, You don't know who's winning. You don't know who's showing up. Now, I got philosophies on that a little bit, and my main philosophy is so much guys have a hard time validating wins. Like someone has a good win, you know, like Carolina beats Duke. All right, you got the Carolina players, you know, partying on Franklin Street. They got a game on Tuesday. Boom, they get whacked on Tuesday. Clemson. Yep. Then they go to they, they go to Syracuse and they get beat at Syracuse. You know, there's so much static around these players, whether it's their workout guy, whether it's their grassroots coach, whether it's parents and parental pressure of getting to the next level. You know, whether it's the NIL, whether it's the collective, whether it's social media. Well, where does winning fit in there? So I think it's hard to keep your team focused game to game. And then there are some teams that are just waiting for the NCAA tournament because they get defined by how they play in the NCAA tournament. So I think the, it, the, the NCAA tournament will be incredible because, look, we've seen, what, 34 unranked teams be top 10 teams already this season. What does that mean for the NCAA tournament? Chaos. Can't Chaos. Wait. Uh, <laughs> it's great for the rest yeah. of us, though, that are just on the outside Looking in and watching Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Top 10 teams to add to that. Top 10 teams on the road this season are 37 and 42. So it seems like a lot of the struggles come on the road. What is the issue there? Is that just all factor into the same thing? Or is it like they take their feet off the gas pedal even more on the road because who cares? It's not March. No, I think it is a couple of things. I think there's a small margin of error for most teams. So even though they're top 10 teams, there's a very small margin of error. I think the other thing is the transfer portal. The teams that when you go on a road, you're playing a more mature team. They're not relying on freshmen. This is an older team. 
with fourth, fifth, and sixth-year guys, a lot of guys that have transferred in. So you have a lot of these teams that are maybe like 30 to 55 to 60, you know, in terms of top 100, that are better than they have been in the past. They're more mature. They're tougher. They're more physical. they got a greater expectation of winning. And then, you know, it's tougher to play on the road. I think we've had great ownership. If you look, like say, certain leagues, Big 12. Big 12 is officiated differently. Uh, eight, of the top, uh, eight of the teams in the Big 12 are in the top 25 of defensive efficiency, so it's a physical league. Uh, games aren't games, they're events. You go into the Southeastern Conference. Southeastern Conference in basketball is, in a lot of ways, no different than the Southeastern Conference in football. They're going to get nine teams probably in the NCAA tournament. You know, when you go on the road in Starkville, it's hard to win. If you go to the Pavilion at Ole Miss, it's hard to win. You know, if you go to Texas A&M, it's hard to win because you got rowdy crowds, good players, old, physical, mature teams. So the depth of these conferences are really are really good, and it's hard to win on the road. I mean, it's just the way it is. Keeping your team's attention the way today in relation to years past is very, very difficult. I hate talking about coaches that get fired, uh, having a, a brother in coaching, but Chris Holtman, head coach at Ohio State, uh, was given his marching papers today. One, your reaction to that, and who do you think they might try and go get to replace him? Yeah, my, you know, my reaction to that is I don't understand firing guys in the middle of the season. I think that you know maybe this this is the scenario in my gut that happened. They came to Chris. They told him, you know what, Coach, at the end of the season we're going to be making a change. Uh, and Chris said, wait, if you're going to make a change at the end of the season, you know, I don't want to be a lame duck coach. You might as well make it now, and I'll take my money. Uh, disappointing. I mean, a guy who would have been to five straight NCAA tournaments if it wasn't for the COVID year. The last two years did not go well. And in the world of NIL, in the world of the transfer portal, in the world of collectives, if you don't win two years in a row, you're probably going to get let go. And uh, the pressure to win with the salaries that are being paid, but also the amount of money that's being asked to be raised, especially at a place like Ohio State where the expectation is high, uh, two years in a row when you really have a hard time maintain, you know, retaining your job, even as good a coach as he is. I think, if, again, you, you, they would have went to five straight uh, NCAA tournaments at Ohio State, and he went to three consecutive ones at Butler. So he would have been to eight straight NCAA tournaments before this little draft. They got a sophomore class. I think you know by making the move right now, they want to try to figure out a way to to retain that class because they really do have a talented sophomore class if they can retain them. And that's one of the most important parts of, of, of building a roster. It's retention. Because, you know, I call them culture creators. If you don't retain players, how do you develop a culture so that there's, no, there's new players coming in as you're building your roster, whether it's freshmen or finding a guy at the portal that's a fit? You know, you need guys that understand what that program is all about, the essence of what makes, say, Ohio State or Michigan or whatever school that we're talking about, you know, viable. Now, who's a good guy for the job? You know, like who would be a good option for the job? I think you're going to hear a lot of a lot of names. I'm going to give you an outside-the-box name, Chris Jent, who's an assistant coach in the NBA right now, played at Ohio State. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some type of conversation or look. But you're going to hear – you know, probably McCronin. I think they might make a run at Bruce Pearl with the success that he's had. That's a name that people aren't talking about, but I wouldn't be shocked. Remember now, he coached in Southern Indiana way back in his first coaching job. He was at Wisconsin-Milwaukee, you know, before he uh, went to Tennessee. He's had great success at Auburn, which is a football school who he understands the balance between football and basketball. I think that, you know, would be something that, you know, 
people would look at. Would Sean Miller get a look? You know, had great success at Xavier, had great success at Arizona, had that issue allegedly with the NCAA, but was hired at Xavier. I, I can't imagine him leaving, but, I mean, I can see that, you know, being a, a potential uh, viable option. They're going to be uh, – Ohio State's a terrific job. It's a, ter- it's a terrific job. Dusty May at Florida Atlantic, he was a, remember, he was a manager at Indiana. He understands what the Big Ten's all about. Uh, he's done an amazing job, amazing job at FAU and has some roots in that region. So those are some of the guys that I think might, you know, it's gonna, what's, what's going to happen is this, this hiring is going to create a, uh, a, a big cycle in terms of coaching jobs because it's going to be a high major coach that's going to get this job potentially, which is then going to obviously start the uh, carousel in play. Yeah. A lot of moving pieces potentially coming our way. Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst. Thanks so much for your time, Seth. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, the Super Bowl is over. So you know what that means. It's mock draft season. We'll get into that next here on ESPN radio. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's mock draft season. The NFL season has ended, but that means that the NFL draft season is just getting started. Ian Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So Field Yates came out with his first mock of the season. Caleb Williams, he has going number one. Now, remember, with these first mocks, Ian, there's no trades, right? So that's part of this. But he has the Bears taking Caleb number one. Then he's got Jaden Daniels, Drake May going two and three, respectively. And number four, the Arizona Cardinals take the first non-quarterback with Marvin Harrison Jr. going the wide receiver from Ohio State. Then you go through, you know, several other players. You go down, you get... J.J. McCarthy going to the Denver Broncos at number 12. What do you make, first of all, let's just start with those first three picks off the board being quarterbacks. Not surprised at all. And some people may be surprised that Jaden Daniels is ahead of Drake May. And I remember at the Senior Bowl, I was talking to Mike Norvell, head coach at Florida State, and Dabo Sweeney, head coach at Clemson. I asked them both, independent of one another, give me a couple guys that you are just glad to see getting the hell out of the ACC. And they both mentioned Drake May. Like, just, just get him out. Go. 
gone, along with Peyton Wilson, linebacker at NC State. And Norvell didn't even play NC State last year, right? And he was like, man, that, that guy's just a machine. But Drake May ha- is, I think, because he had a down year compared to the previous year, you know, and he lost some serious playmakers also and a new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, he, he didn't put up the same numbers. That's why a lot of people have Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May. And, and Daniels can do things that May can't. So that's what stood out to me, that he that Field is one of the few people that went, you know what, uh-uh. I don't care how skinny Jaden Daniels is. The dude did things that we haven't seen in a long time at a very high level in college football, and that's why he took home the Heisman hardware. So I thought that was a bold move by Yates to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm not going with everybody else and having May ahead of Daniels. He's going with Daniels over May. As far as J.J. McCarthy, people look at him as a bus-driving quarterback. When he's asked to make plays, the dude makes plays. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start. So Field Yates, he, he spoke on all of this on Carlin versus Joe. And so let's hear him talk about him having the commanders selecting Jaden Daniels, saying that they need to figure out the gap between Caleb William and Jaden Daniels. Here's Phil, Field Yates. To me, it will be irresponsible to move up from two to one because we know what the cost is going to be. If you're Washington and you call Chicago and you say, we want to pick one, what you are telling Chicago in fairly certain terms, is, yeah, the world thinks there's three great quarterbacks in this draft class. We think there's one. And Chicago says, all right, fine. If you think there's one, you're going to have to pay full freight and then some to acquire that player. Let's assume it's Caleb Williams. If I'm Washington, based off of my evaluation of Jaden Daniels, I sit comfortably knowing that if Chicago takes Caleb Williams, I've got the potential to have a franchise-altering quarterback at a very early stage in his career in Jaden Daniels. Wow. He's high on Jaden Daniels. That's a great explanation. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, if it's close, hell with it. I'm not giving up three ones and three twos to move up one spot. We'll take this guy. That's what I said. I, you and I had had this conversation before about them trading up to one. And I, it, I mean, you have to be so in love with the guy that you think you can only get at one that there's got to be nobody else in this draft whatsoever. You might like him more. But you have to love him like he's the only thing out there. Like there is no like one it's else Valentine's for you. Day. <laughs> he is your one and only. You have to believe that there is a one and only and that this is it. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we will keep you updated on all things NFL. Plenty more to come on ESPN Radio.